When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call them a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. I sang the song slowly as she stood in the shadows. She stepped to the light as my silver spring spun. She called with her eyes to the tune I is a playing, but the song it was long and had only begun. This is Pod Dylan, the show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan, one song at a time, proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host of Freewheeling, Rob Kelly, and joining me to talk about the pretty obscure Dylan song, Eternal Circle, which was originally recorded at the Times There Are a Change in Sessions, is fellow Bobcat, Chad Blanchard. Hi, Chad. Hey, Rob. Great to have you here. Thank you so much for doing the show. Yeah, thank you. I'm super excited to be here um, to talk about this little piece of a song. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I am dying to find out why you, not not that I have any problem with this song, but I'm dying to find yeah. out why you wanted to talk about this one. But of course, we got to get to first things first, Jazz. Uh, how did you become a fan of Bob? Yeah, so when I was in high school, I didn't, you know, my, my family wasn't a big music family, you know, um, we had like Neil Diamond around. And, and so for a while, I listened to a lot of the, like, just listened to the radio. So classic rock, this was in the kind of mid to late 80s. And there, you know, maybe this like, you know, stations used to have a format. It was like 60s, 70s and 80s. Um, and, and I remember hearing Bob kind of there, but I had no idea what it was, well, who he was or, you know, that even it was the same musician. Um, <laughs> you know, if you hear Lay Lady Lay in one minute and um, like a Rolling Stone, like they don't even, they don't sound like the same person <laughs> if you don't have that context. And, uh, but my friend Nick, you know, when I think we were juniors in high school at this point, my friend Nick has, hey, hey, Nick, uh, he'll be listening to this, I'm sure, um, <laughs> has older brothers who are, mus- are musical. And so he was the one, you know, we were, I think, at lunch and he like played um, uh, Blown in the Wind. And he was like, yeah, you got to listen to this. It's Bob Dylan. And I was hooked. Once I understood like who Bob Dylan was, that that was Bob Dylan, I became like the Bob Dylan guy um, <laughs> in in high school. You know, which isn't saying much. You know, it was a hundred people in my graduating class in, <laughs> in rural Eastern Washington. So, um, but that became my thing. Um, that was the hook. Wow, that's a, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, what what did you go out and buy? Out, start grab, gobbling up uh, all the records. I mean, what form did this yeah. obsession take? Oh boy, it was an adventure, right? So I. Um, First, I did like the Columbia House. You know, you could sign up for Columbia House and get a dozen. <laughs> I did cassettes. You know, I got like a dozen cassettes. Um, but I got a sample, right? And so oh, you're going to love this. So I got, because I didn't know, right? I just didn't know. I got Dylan and the Dead because I'm like, oh, it's two for one. I can understand more about the Grateful Dead and Bob Dylan. And um, the hilarious thing was like, I, uh, I, I came to just acknowledge that some of the things, some of this music is not really listenable unless you're really an insider. And that thing is just so opaque, that, <laughs> that album to me. And, and honestly, the only song that I even understood or could appreciate was Joey, which I just listened to your episode on Joey and I've been following that. And, and, and again, I had no context. And then I got, oh, okay, let's get the new one. I'll catch up, right? There's so many albums. Let me get the new one, which was Under the Red Sky, which is a tough entry point. You know, there's a lot of good stuff on Under the Red Sky, but it, it is, it is uh, like I said, a tough uh, intro. I would uh, agree. I think that's a great <laughs> record, but it would not be one of the first even 10 that yeah. I would hand to somebody that if I'm trying to get them into Bob Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, I also wiggle, got, wiggle, wiggle. This song's awesome. Exactly. Like, oh, and under okay. the, like even the, the title song is like, uh, okay. Right. Like, 
but but I also got the Traveling Wilburys Volume One, and I think hey, I got Full go. Moon Fever at the same time, and um, and so then I was starting to like, you know, then I started to kind of figure out what you know, what was going on, and fell in love with Tom Petty, like deep love with Tom Petty as well. And, and eventually then, you know, I was, yeah, I started to figure it out, bought a CD player with my, you know, whatever my, you know, my job money when I was a little older. And, uh, back when got, CD players were like $500. Yeah. I had to save up. Oh yeah. Oh, I had to save up. It was a big deal. Good old um, days. Yeah. And I got blonde on blonde. And so then I had, you know, in that, in that era, you know, you pay 15 bucks and I didn't have that much money. So I had like that, that was like my album for ages. And so I just listened to that thing over and over and over. Um, and then freewheeling and and then <laughs> yeah so then i was trying to keep up with his album releases right because that was kind of my principle and it was you know again this is early 90s right so it was good as i've been to you came out and then world gone wrong and again like this was a tough <laughs> season of bob <laughs> to, to, to relate you know i didn't even know yet about you know i didn't know about desire i didn't know about uh, you know that era i didn't know about all these you know whatever so um, I tried, I listened to those things a lot and, uh, I still have them, but th- those are tough also. But, but then on the good side, I got Biograph in that same era, which was again, a better, a much better kind of sampler of Bob Dylan. Oh yeah, know. absolutely. But confusing, right? Because, you know, the organization of Biograph is all over the place. So it's, it's not chronological and like some of it's deep cuts and you know, whatever. So. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was my album journey. <laughs> I I really do appreciate you as as a fellow Dylan fan of persevering like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't. I think I mean I've, as I've said a million times, the Woolbury's is my introduction. But if the first record I'd ever bought of Bob directly was Dylan and the Dead, that might yeah, <laughs> that right. might have killed it right there in the crib. I mean, I would have been like, yeah. oh, all right, maybe, maybe what's Tom Petty like? I might have just gone down yeah, that right. road and been there forever. So. Totally. Wow. Okay. Well, that's. <laughs> I can be stubborn about these things. I'm like, and sometimes to a fault, right? You know, I'll be like, I'm gonna, I, I have decided I'm gonna like this, <laughs> and it paid off for Bob. Thank goodness. Well, I mean, once you get Biograph and then Blonde on yeah. Blonde, like there's even if you don't even get the Biograph, Blonde on Blonde, yeah, uh, is just sure. so dense and oh, so amazing. big that yeah, you can just kind of lose yourself in it and be like, all right, yeah, all right, now I get it. I yeah. get this guy. Wow. You remember God? You remember those old days of going to record stores and paying like nineteen ninety nine for a yeah. CD? What a what a magical time that was <laughs> for a CD you didn't know what it sounded like. I mean, and I wasn't the kind of person who would like try to get a sampler, you know. So I'd look for a song or two that I recognized, <laughs> give it a go. Wow. Oh lordy, yeah, that was. I'm I'm glad that era's over. Uh, so well, uh, that's awesome. Have you ever seen him live? Yeah, my share times. Yeah, that's several times. I think seven by last count. Um, the um, so the first one, you know, this is when it all started to come together. When I saw him in, I th- I'm pretty sure it was 1995. So he had just come out with Unplugged, which I thought was great. And I thought Unplugged was a great kind of re-entry. Like it was him kind of going back to basics a little bit. His voice was, you know, his new voice, but it was something special there. And, and I saw him in Spokane, Washington, um, which is that's where I was born and grew up in Colville, you know, like 60 miles north, 70 miles north. And he played, it was a like June day, which in Washington can be rainy or sunny. And it was an amphitheater um, in Riverfront Park. And they were going to put us inside and they changed it at the last minute because it was rainy. So they were going to go inside and then they changed it again and we were outside. So it was an outside show in June. And it was, it was maybe a little chilly, but pretty nice. And it was just amazing, right? It was before his, he was really selling out kind of big venues for this kind of that era of touring so intimate it's just so amazing uh, 
yeah, that was my first time in Washington. There's also, it's the Gorge Amphitheater, which is a giant, a very big event space in, um, in central Washington. I saw him several times there. I saw him with Van Morrison and Joni Mitchell and wow. Phil Lesh. Um, he, he toured with and oh, mm-hmm. a concert. I don't remember, but my friend told my friend, Nick told me we went was when he was with Paul Simon. He toured with Paul Simon. Oh yeah. I missed that tour. I'm kicking yeah. myself. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, and I was in college at this point. So I was just going to everything. Um, I've seen him a couple times here. It's, uh, it used to be called key arena. Now it's called, um, climate pledge arena, but just this indoor, you know, kind of basketball stadium, which was, those shows were not as good. Um, there were a few of those indoor shows that, that were tough. If you're not close, um, it's kind of, you know, I mean, we all know that Bob doesn't emote very much. And so yeah. it's hard to connect with him if you're, you know, up in the cheap seats, cheap seats, yep. but, um, I got, I got close at like 2001, we saw him and I got pretty close for general admission and that was, that was pretty fun. Were you playing I, guess the song? Were you kind of like, do you, or were you, do you feel like yeah. you were, uh, hip to it enough that you were able to kind of pick everything up as soon as he was getting into it? Yeah, it was, it was a mix. Um, like I remember, I remember hearing one too many mornings at early on. It might've been that, that Spokane show, but I can't remember for sure. And thinking like, that's something special to that song, but I'd never heard it before. I just didn't have that album. Um, and it never gets radio play. And, and so that I could like, I could tell something was going on. The, the more recognized, I mean, the big ones, you know, I totally, totally understood, you know, heard and enjoyed and could appreciate. Um, tough when you're bringing friends though. Like when you bring your date to a Bob Dylan show, <laughs> and like, like my, yeah. So that was, you know, I had some mixed results there. Uh, well, hold on. We got to talk about that. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you say date now, were you like, was this a girlfriend yeah. or was it a, like, it was, yeah. And, and, and I, yeah, my, uh, my first wife, Nora, we're on great terms still. Um, and not related to this, but yeah, I took her to see Bob Dylan and it was at key arena, I think. And she was used to seeing like going to clubs to she see like local rockabilly shows. So that was her world. And she was like, like, <laughs> what is this? I could tell that she was not having fun. Oh, she, okay. But, but it worked at, you know, like, yeah, Dylan wasn't her thing. She gave it a good college try, but, um, but yeah, that, that, that didn't uh, con- convert very well. Cause it's like, I would take, I would definitely take someone I was in a relationship with to a show. Right. In fact, I've done that, but yeah, I would never yeah. take a date no. because oh, then you're enough. really, you know, like, yeah. you're like, Hey, I'm really taking a shot here that you're going to like this. And if you don't, you're stuck <laughs> here for the next two hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no. We've been dating quite a while. So I, okay, good. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> like this, your poor date is like rolling her eyes and like, what am I listening to? And you're uh, ecstatic. Because he's this? like, oh, he's playing deep cuts from under the red sky. I'm so excited. You're like, okay. Yeah, it's the the slow version of um, uh, the times they are changing. Yeah. Oh, he's going to do all 11 minutes of Joey. This is so exciting. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. All right. Well, cool. <laughs> very, very good. When did you see him last? Uh, I th- Boy, it's been a while. I think, gosh, it's probably been 10 years. Mm. Um, I, wow, okay. I think, yeah. So maybe eight years, I think he played, you know, another one of these indoor, actually it wasn't a very good venue. Um, or, you know, the key, they kind of blur together, you know, as the years go by some of them, <laughs> some of them, but it was definitely, you know, indoors. Um, so I haven't seen it. He hasn't been, I don't, he hasn't been to Seattle for, you know, especially since before COVID. So. I'm sure he'll be swinging back around your town though for yeah, the I've been watching. ways tour. I mean, yeah, I'm I've been sure watching. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Well, that's excellent. That's great. I, I, I love finding out people's origin stories. It's, uh-huh. it's a part of the show I will never get rid of just because it's like, if you don't have someone 
guiding you through it, the work is so vast <laughs> that so you really are at sea. You know, nowadays yeah. not so much because the internet. You know, you can just yep. look things up or whatever. Top ten and, Dylan. Yeah, right. Exactly. Now. There's a million articles. Of Wikipedia. You know what order they come in. So yeah. you have a kind of. But pre that. Yeah, I'm just. Yeah, I didn't no. <laughs> know. I was like, "When is Highway 61? Is this the 80s? I have no idea. You know, yeah. I have no clue. Oh, yeah, and I had nobody yeah. to help me. And it's like that. It's just. It's like, uh, and I approach that with. There's other art forms that I'm like, I don't even know where. Where do I like start with? I don't. It's yeah. so huge. So that's just funny that like so many people have to just navigate it themselves. So that's yeah. that's awesome. But Biograph, as we've said on other shows, that's like a great place. Just I like you talking about the chronology is odd but uh in terms of learning about it but you've got the liner notes you know where yeah. bob's talking about it so that yeah. really is that that really is exactly what it was designed to be which is like mm-hmm. a deluxe sampler of if you know you bought greatest hits and you like that and then you go a little deeper and then you're like oh all right i'm gonna uh, maybe a box set. i'll try that and that is really what that was designed for, yeah was that that biograph set so all right that's <laughs> That's fantastic. So, boy, those Columbia Record and Tape Clubs—they were something. Huh? <laughs> I mean, it was always like it was. It was well back in the day. You had to buy your music, right? And it was a great way to kind of bolster your collection, you know, yeah. or experiment, right? I guess one of the, I use it for both. There you go. Okay. Well, well, well done, uh, Columbia Record <laughs> and Tape Club. Yeah. Um, so, okay, let's talk about Eternal Circle. As I, I said, this this song was recorded. Uh, for the times they are a change in sessions, um, the only version that I am familiar with is the one that was eventually released on the bootleg series, volume yeah. one to three. Yeah. Uh, there are other versions uh, out there in bootleg circles. I've never heard them. There's, there's at least one alternate take of it. Uh-huh. Like I said, I never even, I never heard of the song until it was released on the bootleg series. So uh-huh. I, this is a, a deep cut. This is something you will <laughs> never is. hear in concert, I would venture <laughs> to say. So so why of all the songs, Chad? Do you want to talk yeah. about Yeah. Well, so I've got a story for that one too. I um it was in this kind of nineties era, you know, when I when I had really got my hooks in for for Bob and I was seeing a lot of music, not just Dylan, but whatever music I could kind of get out to. And so I had the the that bootleg series volume one one through i guess it's volumes one through three right it's all came out together and and i'd heard it on that just as part of that whole collection which is actually a really great collection also of course um and so i was out like in seattle i think i was at bumbershoot which is this you know labor day festival um <laughs> musical festival and this a busker it was mary lou lord so she's a, she's she does oh, a lot mary of busking lou lord, I remember yeah. Her, yeah yeah exactly and so she's from boston i guess but she was spending a lot of time here kind of in the pacific northwest um at that era and she she said like you know something about something to the effect of i'm gonna now i'm gonna play my favorite bob dylan song and it was this one and it was, it wow. was, um, eternal circle. And I was like, no, I know this song. Right. Cause I, by this time I had my, I was, I was deep. Right. So I was, <laughs> you know, I was a legit, like not, maybe not compared to, you know, I would probably be average or so on, on this show, but I was at the top 10% of the world, I think globally. of Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Compared to the rest of normal humanity. Right. You were, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, so I knew the song then and I really, and she did a great, version of it and you can find it on youtube too and so so that was my and it was really great and then well like i went and saw her in in concert in this little club on a weeknight you know because when you're in your 20s you can do stuff like that and um you know i, I requested it and she played it you know and uh 
And then, and this is hilarious, which I know this isn't your favorite song too, for reasons I understand. She said something to the effect of, you know, well, except for Ballad in Plain D. Oh, um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and she didn't play that one, but, but um, yeah. So it was just an interesting, like from her point of view. And, and I've got some thoughts about that, but, but anyway, so that's kind of why I chose perverse. it. That's just perverse. <laughs> that's just perverse. But well, okay. and I think what it is, the thing about Ballad in Plain D, like, and, and I, I get it, right. It's, Boy, I now here I am doing a defense of it, which I'll do a, a minute of. But um, it's so specific. Like it's it's and, and actually, Eternal Circle is in a very different way. It's a very specific song. Like and so, Bound and Plain B, Plain D is about one specific incident, you know, that really was a marker in a relationship. And Eternal Circle is this moment of a performer playing a song. Like and so, like I think for if you're a folk writer, folk singer. You know, I just kind of think from her point of view that those specific moments might be really kind of what had some synergy for her. I'm speaking for her, and I don't know anything about her actual <laughs> internal right. thought, but I don't know. That's that's my guess. It's as good as reason as any. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's amazing. That I did. I was. I'm not familiar with uh, Mary Lou Lords. I. You know, I will say when I was you know doing the research for this episode, right. I didn't even bother to look up covers because i didn't assume they <laughs> not existed uh, i guess i shouldn't <laughs> i really shouldn't assume that but but yeah you're right um this song is uh it is very specific uh the the second verse is through a bullet of light her f- face was reflected in the fa- fast fading words that rolled from my tongue with a long distance look her eyes were on fire but the song was long and there was more to be sung so i really do like that he uh, so effectively places you in this moment yeah, of of a guy on stage, or you know, actually not even necessarily a guy, but a, the performer yep. on stage, and he, you know, he the performer is in the middle of this tune, and then has this moment with this person in the audience, and yep. has this sort of almost you know wordless, well, it's not almost wordless, wordless back and forth with this yeah. person while he's busy doing this other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is amazing. And you can almost yeah. see, you know, I would imagine that Bob Dylan over the 10,000 concerts he's done over the years, that's had to have happened sometimes, oh, yeah. right? You know, yeah. all of a sudden he just locks eyes with some weirdo in the audience. And then he's like, what am I singing? What? 100%. What I, high, high water everywhere. Is that what I'm singing? You know what I mean? Yes. That, has, that has to happen sometimes. Yeah, and there's, I, I, I found a cover where he said he introduced it. Not a cover. It was Dylan, actually. It was a Dylan performance. Um, Oh yeah, the Royal said, Albert Hall. I think it's the, it's the only live performance of the song oh, in, in concert. Yeah, and he said, I think he said, like this is for the performers out there. So he's mm-hmm. even like, yeah, it's just a thing that like, and and you had used the phrase just now of a back and forth, and I'm not so sure that it's really a back and forth. Like it sounds yes. to yes. to me like she's listening and probably appreciating, but but not flirting necessarily. It's um, an ima- the performers having the back and forth, but the the, the person in the audience is not. Right, is not doing the fourth. Right. Basically, right. yeah. That, that yeah. person doesn't know. That person is just enjoying the song. But With this their person, life, yeah. yeah, the performer is loading all of this onto this person's exactly. sort of face. Yes. Uh, which is amazing. Now, you mentioned that one live performance. And as you say in the intro, Bob says, this is for anyone who plays an instrument. Yes. And this is, uh, you know, reminds me of something that uh, Paul Simon said. And I, I keep referring to this interview Paul Simon did, I feel you know, like a broken record and that I refer to it so many times, but it's when he was on again, the later with Bob Costas show. And he talked, he did three episodes. Uh, they did three whole half hours with him because uh, Bob Costas was such a big fan. 
And Paul Simon talked about his movie, One Trick Pony, uh, the only movie Paul Simon's ever starred in. And he wrote, and he plays, he plays a musician in the movie, uh-huh. uh, a folk musician who is watching the times change and how his style of music is falling out of favor. And he, so Paul Simon in the interview talks about how much respect he has for any musician. And he says something like, to even be a competent, not even great, mm-hmm. competent musician, you have to know so much. And he just felt that that kind of person deserved uh, a spotlight in a movie and worthy of respect. And clearly Dylan's got that here. Just that, that intro uh, that he has is to me very instructive. Bob didn't, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the olden days, Bob talked a lot more than he does now. Although right. of course in this current tour, he's very chatty. Um, but yeah, but I found that to be very, very interesting that he says, you know, this is for anyone who plays an instrument. And then he says, it's like, it's not easy. And yeah. it's like, wow. Yeah. He's really giving you an insight to how he feels about, what it's like to be mm-hmm. a working musician. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, one thing, I, I think there might be another, like, I think you mentioned it, right? An alternate, alternate version out yeah. there. And, and, um, and I think the thing about this song is, so, well, let me step back. There were, I found like two covers of this three, if you count Mary Lou's. So three covers of this song on YouTube. And what, what, uh, so Mary Lou does it very straight. And then, the alternate take by Bob, it sounds a little too slow for me because I think this, this song is like, you don't want to make more of it than it is. And, and I think people are a little tempted to. Not, not in the quality of the song. I think it's a great song, but in the meaningfulness of the moment. Like, this isn't the beginning of a love story. Like, this is just a, a, a moment in a man's life or a woman if, if you're, like, you know, depending on how you're performing it. Um, there's this one, and I don't know who they are. And, and, you know, I don't want to dis, I mean this with, <laughs> with respect. And also they did this, these some musicians, I think they're in their own basement. And these are like actual, you know, good musicians, probably, you know, they probably have a band and play in bars and they do this slow, super duper serious version. Like this is a, like, it's a deep love song. Like it's like soulmates or something. And I'm like, you all misunderstood what's, happening that's <laughs> not that's not what this is um but that's isn't that interesting that that's their interpretation of it yeah yeah a, a song this relatively obscure and you can still dig for that yeah that deep into the ground to, to find a different take in it i mean that's it i mean yeah, yeah. i agree that that's not that's what right. i hear in this song but yeah. good good for them for finding something in it that i would not have thought i of love that here yeah i love that yeah. And there's a there's another cover that I actually like quite a lot. It's and I don't know these folks either, but but this Colson, Dean, McGinnis, and Flint is the group's name. <laughs> I know. Lot, I don't know I don't know name. who they are. But they are I think they had some success. I think some of them were in some other bands in the seventies. And so they just do a, a an album of Dylan covers and, and they do it. And and it's with a full band and it's actually pretty good. Like it's a fun listen. Um so you might want to kind of Google that up because that's that's at least worth your three and a half minute, four minutes. I, I am really ashamed of myself that I didn't <laughs> think to Google these <laughs> these covers because it's like I again it never would have occurred to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I thought, totally. oh, I, you know, Mr. Tambourine Man. Yeah, all right. I have to yeah. be fairly conversant with the covers right. of this song, and I, you know, for the most part, I try not to focus too much on the covers because to me, it's it's the Dylan version why we're why we're doing the show. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but just. 
it, I, I never would have imagined that there was even one cover of Eternal <laughs> Circle, let alone yeah. several, and let alone by somebody, like you said, Mary Lou Lord, who I'm familiar with. Like, and yeah. for her to say, it's her favorite song. Like, wow. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, yeah. just, that's just really fantastic. So, um, you know what? I'm going to do something on the show that we've never done before. Awesome. Okay. I, yeah. We're, we're breaking ground here, Chad, 200 episodes in. I am going to pause this episode and I'm going to go over to YouTube and I'm going to listen to the Mary Lord, Louis Lord version. Oh, and we're going to come back. Okay. And we'll talk about it because now I'm really, you've got me fascinated. Chad. Well, and now I want you to, <clears throat> excuse me, listen to the Colson Dean McGinnis and Flint one too. All right. Or, so we'll or at least be- a second of it. At least, a, I mean, at least get, you know, later I'll put it into chat too if that'll. All right. Fair enough. So, okay, everybody, no, that's not uh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to take a pause here. I'm going to run probably a podcast promo or something fun in the sure. middle of the show. And then uh, I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about these, these covers. Cause I said, awesome. Chad, you have, you have sparked my interest. So just <laughs> nice. stay, stay tuned, everybody. Why is Paul Simon so obsessed with failure when the guy's obviously a success? You know, I wasn't writing about me. I was writing about this other character you know? and i didn't it se- didn't seem to me like you were writing about someone who was an abject failure either because there was admiration in it there was you standing outside and admiring the the integrity of of there being the integrity right. of their performance. Well, that's hey, how I feel. he gives his testimony and he that's relaxes how, in the weeds right well that's how i feel about i mean it's, it's it tends to be my feeling of my feeling about musicians i have a lot of respect for musicians for 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 their the amount of knowledge that they need just to be you know an average professional musician is extraordinary i mean i think uh, musicians are not sufficiently respected all right everybody we're <laughs> we're back <laughs> we haven't i don't think in the 200 episodes i've ever taken a break in the middle of the show but i was so compelled by your your discussion of these covers chad that i i was like well i'm not we're not putting this out live i can stop <laughs> so let's, let's do it and uh, so I really enjoyed the Mary Lou Lord cover. I mean, again, uh-huh. I like her. I like her voice. Uh-huh. And uh, I could say I, I, you know, her favorite song. Okay. But I could see by her take on it. It's, it's sweeter uh-huh. and it's less. Um, I'll talk about it, the, the Dylan. One. I think the Dylan one in, inherently is like a little funny. Yeah. A little mischievous. Like, I think. Little, yeah. Hers is more straightforward, but I like it yeah. quite a bit. And then the other one, the name of that, what's the name of that band again? Colson, Dean, McGinnis, and Flint. Okay. <laughs> the album cover of those guys is great. They look like a biker b- b- yeah. biker band. And it's all Dylan covered. That whole record yeah. is Dylan covered. And I was saying to, to everybody, I was saying to Chad off air, like, where did they even get the song? Yeah. Where did, where did they hear it about decades it? Decades before the bootleg series came out. <laughs> yeah, it was 72. So the song was out of certainly out of circulation in any form, yet it wasn't officially released. And then I saw that the record, which, again, is all Dylan covers, it's produced by Manfred Mann. And I went, ah, there it is. Because Manfred yeah. Mann, of course, you know, covered Dylan's The Mighty Quinn. And they probably had access to lots of bootlegs yeah. that the you know normal people didn't have. So yeah. their version yeah. is fine. But the, the album cover makes me laugh. Those four guys in there. Yeah. Their giant, their big uh, flail dungarees and stuff. So, <laughs> um, but I mean, thank you for pointing those out, Chad. Because that's, again, what an amazing tribute to the 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 breadth of this guy's art. Yeah, something so minor in his catalog, like yeah. this song, can be covered that many times, and then that across decades, because like that, their version's the seventies, mm-hmm. and Mary Lou Lords is like the nineties. Yep, and then also so differently, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, it's this, 
Yeah, I mean, because so much of Dylan and what we associate with him is with these huge kind of either big emotion, you know, like in um, or or big story like Tangled Up in Blue or, you know, Lay Lady Lay, big emotion. And, and it's just not. It's just a and the other thing that's amazing about this song is that I think as he was kind of progressing as an artist, like he was really pretty young for this. And if this had been the peak of his talent, he still would have been amazing. <laughs> you know, we would still, maybe not you and I on a podcast at this era, but he still would have been very successful if this was where he had peaked. I kind of feel like maybe he would have been Donovan, right? If this was how good he was, but which is not, not to diss on Donovan, right? Yeah, but no, right. Yeah, Dylan just would, kept yeah. going, right? Just as yeah. a skyrocket. Yeah. Uh, one of the, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you said that because one of the things that I, I do find interesting about the song is that as far as I know, in terms of his, uh, ri- his songwriting history, this is his first song within a song where it's a, you know, it's a guy talking about singing a song yes. and you can see the development because of course, right around this time, he would then write, lay down your weary tune, uh, which is much more kind of serious. And then of course, uh-huh. not too long after this, he would, go into Mr. Tambourine Man. And so you can almost kind of imagine uh-huh. him trying out this idea yep. of a song within a song, doing this, and almost, except for the fact that he did it that one time live, it, according to BobDillon.com, he also performed it at two like home concerts, but those are not paying gigs. Those are right. around friends. It's a little bit different. Yeah. But, the, by, but except for the fact that he did it that one time live in concert, you can almost see in, in, in his mind, like, okay, I know that this song isn't going to get me to where this is not going to be the final statement of what I'm trying to do with this form, but this is going to get me to where I want to go. Yes. And you can see the development of like, okay, now we're going to move on to, because as I said, this song has a, to me has a humorous bent to it uh, in the, the, the penultimate verse when he says, you know, I glanced at my guitar and played it pretending that of all the eyes out there, I could see none as her thoughts pounded hard, like the pierce of an arrow. Uh, but the song, it was long and it had to get done. Like, that's funny to me. Yeah. And he's reminding himself. He's like, I want to oh, yeah. do this thing, but man, I still got to sing this damn song. Like it's, it's inherently and it, funny in a way oh, that the sure. later songs are not. Yeah. And like, it sure didn't stop him from writing, writing long songs. <laughs> he was oh. just barely getting started. Yeah. Uh, and then he said, he, he wraps up with, as the tune finally folded, I laid down the guitar, then looked for the girl who'd stayed for so long, but her shadow was missing. For all of my searching, so I picked up my guitar and began the next song. So yeah. it's kind of a downer yeah. end of it, really. <laughs> it is. Uh, you know, he's kind of like looking for this girl, and then she's That's gone. The That's the end. <laughs> and then he's like, "Well, I guess I just got to keep going." And you know, you imagine it for a working musician could be kind of a sad life. You know, just kind of yeah. being, being lonely. Maybe if you're not with a band, you're uh-huh. touring by yourself, and maybe you only have a couple of people around you and stuff. So it's got this sort of melancholy ending. But again, you could. And I can almost see the, again, but for the fact that he did record it for the album sessions. Now, maybe it was never intended to make times. You know, maybe he was like, uh-huh. I'm here, I'm going to work on it. But it, you know, in his mind, this is never going to make the record. Uh-huh. But still, it's, you could sort of see it as like a work in progress to something else. And in that context, to me, it's really interesting is that he was already working with these forms Busting out of the you know the the finger point songs as he as he would call times there are change and stuff, but yet uh-huh. this song obviously has its own merits outside of the fact that it could be a stepping stone to those other songs because it is it's I love the idea again he paints such a picture yeah oh the lyrics on I the mean, stage amazing and, yeah and communicating with this person 
sort of he's hoping to telepathically and yet it doesn't work. It's yeah. really yeah, quite yeah. really great beautiful. And really from you know a lot of Dylan's songs are just so filled with imagery that that isn't linear, right? It's images that kind of line up but kind of don't. You know, I think like Tangled Up in Blue is kind of an example where it's like, well, there's all these things that happen, but it, it's hard to really tape it together into a specific narrative, like a linear story or the imagery of like hard rain going to fall and like trying to figure out what does that mean? <laughs> but in this song, his language is just so, it all serves the purpose, right? It's all very clear about like what it's conveying and the emotions and the images. And uh, it's really tight. And like, not all of his songs are, are what I would call tight. You know, they have other strengths. <laughs> <laughs> brevity is not always his no is <laughs> <laughs> no. uh is his endeavor there in some of these yeah. songs so yeah but yeah and it's uh right and it said it's a relatively short song and it's kind of funny the mary lou lord version she sings all the verses and yet she manages to get it down to two minutes and 17 seconds okay. she gets down yep. to a tight tight 217 so <laughs> all depends on how fast she chooses to to sing you said the other version the basement one was like what five like minutes five, or something like five minutes yeah right look at that yeah it's, it's, it's like silly putty you could just expand it or contract it however you yeah. want so uh yeah i mean it's 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 it had to have been really amazing and really powerfully thrilling uh to kind of watch your own and you let's use the word genius as it's exploding yeah. out of your own head yeah you know yeah. that you're just being able to be like okay, yeah, I was writing all these songs about injustice and those are those have their own merits and stuff and they've gotten me to this point. But I can also do this. Yeah, yeah. I can try this. And I, you almost wonder, like, did he, is this from an experience from his life? Did he, yeah. did he have this moment with somebody? Or is I it all just conjuring his imagination? I bet this, you know, kind of back to that specific moment and connecting it with Ballad and Plain D. I mean, I bet this is directly from, I mean, I don't know anything, of course, but just it just feels like, and the way he talked about it, you know, in concert when he introduced it, the way you described, it just sounds to me like what I, what I imagine is when he was like on tour or something, him like having that experience and then being in a creative mode. And, and I know he didn't always do his writing on tour, but, you know, I don't know, just having that moment, scribbling it down, jotting it down in, you know, 20 minutes. Yeah. And, <laughs> and here it is. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a many, many years ago, I had a friend ask me. Uh, it was. This was in the '90s. This was back when um, Mr. Jones, the Counting Crow song, was a hit on the radio. Oh yeah, oh, yeah and yeah, they yeah. had the you know the line, the "I want to, yeah. I want to be Bob Dylan." <laughs> and I remembered my friend asked me, he's like, "Would you ever like just as a thought experiment?" He's like, "Would you want to be Bob Bob Dylan?" And I said, "No, because if I'm Bob Dylan, I can't enjoy the music. Oh, because sure, yeah. I can't. I, it, 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 it. Yes, you can appreciate it on some level, but you're the creator of it, and you can probably only see its flaws." Yeah. And the, 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 the surprise isn't there because it sprang out of your it's own true. head. And I think about the, the, the person that he's talking about in this song, this person, this woman in the audience who is completely enraptured by what the performer is putting across. And the performer doesn't get that benefit. Now, of course, the performer can get it from other people, maybe, hopefully. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh-huh. this, he's delivering something to this person that he himself can never have because he's the one creating it. Oh, yeah. And then that makes me think, again, my mind is just going all over the place, Chad. You've done this for me. Thank you. (laughs) It makes me think of the line from Went to See the Gypsy when he's talking to to the the pretty dancing girl. And she (laughs) says... You know, go on back to see the gypsy. She can, he can pull you through the mirror, drag you from your fear, bring you through the mirror. He did it in Las Vegas and he can do it here. And I always love that line of like, even in a chintzy, 
non-atmospheric place like Las Vegas, he can mm-hmm. he can transform you. He can right. carry you along. And he so if he did it in that cheap room, he can do it here. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And I so I think that's what the song makes me yeah. again, it's like I'm I'm seeing so I never really fully really appreciated the song before, Chad. So thank you for nice. Yeah, you're welcome. This song. Like, <laughs> I'm sitting here talking. I'm like, yeah, this is actually, oh man. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I'm on board with this. So now I'm sorry. He's only done it the one time. Live. I know, right? <laughs> Jeez. So it's it. It's a, it's a really interesting song. So, uh, Wow, well, I think we've I think we've really uh, made some real progress in this session, Chad. I thank you for <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I just didn't want to waste your time. I'm like, oh boy, I gotta we gotta <laughs> we gotta find the depth here. I know it's here. And, oh, isn't that amazing? Though it's like you know, if you can just look for it, you can find it. You know, no yeah. matter how thin oh, something sure. might seem. Yeah. Uh, and there it is. Now, let me ask you. I mean, uh-huh. because you're not Bob Dylan, of course. So, but I mean, can sure. you imagine? This put being on times they are changing. Can you imagine there being a slot for this? Oh, well, see, I'm trying to remember what what else was on there. Um, I mean, there are some personal songs in there. I mean, in fact, yeah. the, the, there's the line about uh, the arrow, uh, like the pierce of an arrow. He uses the piercing of an arrow in Wrestle's Farewell, so using that uh-huh, same phrase. Uh-huh. Where uh, so, I mean, there are some more personal tunes on there. Like you got one too many mornings and boots of Spanish leather and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it is a very serious record. I mean, from the from the stark kind of Dorothea Lang, you know, esque album cover, the whole oh, Dust Bowl yeah. thing. It's a very serious. I mean, oh, good lord, you've got Ballad of Hollis Brown, oh, which makes you want to kill yourself. Yeah. Um, so it's <laughs> oh. like I don't know. I mean, no, it, I can see why it's not. No, like yeah. it would be so disruptive on this album. Um, Tonally, oh, God on our side. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is some, <laughs> some heavy, brutal, some heavy shit on this record. Yeah. <laughs> so, maybe another like, side though. I could sort of picture this on another side. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of bound and play D, yeah. everybody. Oh, I guess there's when when the ship comes in, but even but so that's the closest tonally, like you know, yeah. boots even of Spanish leather, kind of which is song, yeah, 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 it is. And boots of Spanish leather is like that's the light one, and that's a pretty heavy. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's yeah, that's pretty, the light one. Emotionally, it's, like it's oh, the, uh, yeah, that's that's the carefree relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Floating. Yeah, like you said, I could picture this on another side. I that because yeah, those then he's yeah. delving yes. real into the personal, and there are some funny yep. and quote-unquote funny songs on that record so i could see i could see it on there yeah but uh yep. obviously he said he wrote it performed it the one time uh and then you know there and it's funny that he performed it in may of 64 which is a full year after he performed it at those those personal concerts i mean okay the full year later it wasn't like he did it you know two weeks and then just forgot it. i mean this was still yeah, on yeah. his mind a full year later yeah yeah Oh, there. Well, like I said, no, song, no Dylan song ever dies forever, even if the man himself leaves it behind, because then you've got people in the seventies and then in the nineties to, yeah. have to play it. Um, yep. And a lot marvelous. of obsessed fans who are always on the prowl. There you go, man. That's well, I mean, wow, Chad, uh, thank you for a suggesting this song and thank you for telling me about these covers. I feel, I feel, you know, better educated that i know that these are out there i'm again i apologize everybody i didn't do my due diligence for this one uh because i just had no idea there were any covers <laughs> yeah you're very you're very welcome very welcome. yeah very cool man well again thank you thank you so much for coming on the show to, to talk about this now before we sign off yeah i have to ask you the question i've been asking everybody lately which is if any album bob dylan album uh-huh. that you could sit in on the sessions on what, oh, what yeah. album would it be 
See, I feel like there is a single correct answer to this. Like, I don't mm. understand how anyone has any other answer than Traveling Wolverine's Volume 1. Okay. Like, you've got the whole gang there. He's in a good mood. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, y- you might actually get to chat with him because he, like, has hanging out with his friends. Like, you get to meet Tom Petty, too? Like, oh, Roy Orbison, maybe? I think, I, like, far and away, far and away, that's, that's where I'd come out. I think that's I, I, someone else said that, and that is a very reasonable answer, just because of the bang for your buck that you're getting. Yeah. You know, you get to hang with a beetle. How many chances are you going to get? Yes, you know, that on top of the well, top. and Bob is so moody, frankly, that you wouldn't like. <laughs> <laughs> like, you get in there, you get into one of these, and boy, he, you know, he might just be mad the whole time. I don't know, right? Because he, yeah, he's a, yeah, you know, he's a. He's a, he can be a tough man, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. like, oh, Mercy would be cool to sit in on, but then you'd have to duck, you know, right. uh, uh, stuff get flying around the room. <laughs> you know? like, exactly. Careful, so. Yeah, uh, that's it. That's a perfectly good answer, man. That would be great. So, uh, well, again, Chad, thank you so much for doing the show. And uh, I will, I, I won't get into the details, everybody, but Chad waited a really long time. <laughs> I kept him waiting a very long time. I did mean to, but I did. And I'm very, very uh, appreciative that you stuck it out and you didn't hold it against me that I made you wait so long. But so I, I apologize for that, Chad, but thank you so much for, for doing the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're very welcome. And I just love that you do this show. I just love listening to the show. So this is, it's all appreciative. I, I've had, and I had a great time. Thanks oh, so much. Excellent. Rob. That's great. All right. Awesome, everybody. So of course you can find back episodes of the show on our website, findwaterpodcast.com. You can subscribe to Pod Dylan and any podcatcher of your choice. And if you want to support the Fine Water Podcast Network of which Pod Dylan is a part, Go to patreon.com slash fwpodcast, and there you can unlock various rewards, one of which is you've name-checked on a show of your choice. So big thanks to Robert Ward, Steve Cronin, Max Hutzel, George Doherty, Joaquin Meckel, Paul Ruther, and Henry Bernstein for their support of Pod Dylan. I very much appreciate it. So that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you later. Bye. This here is a song for, uh, for anybody that plays an instrument. It's not so easy.